Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, metal, and adjacent genres of music that people send in to us. It's typically our first time hearing the releases in question, and we just react honestly to uh, whatever it is we're hearing. Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't. What We're not striving to make objective value judgments about things. We're not striving to be professional critics in any regard. Um, you know, We're literally just talking about whether or not we like stuff or not. If you enjoy something that we hate and shit on, we still encourage you to go out and support it. Uh, you know, buy records, go see bands, all that shit. We have 10 bands in the queue every episode. We roll some dice, and we usually get through between five and seven of them. That's really all there is to the show. So this is um, this is a second go-around. I was in Denver last weekend, so we didn't get around to recording something there. Then we tried to do a midweek recording, and um, because I just let the session files for all of uh, – all of our podcasts accumulate over many months on my computer. I didn't have enough CPU space to actually. They don't care. You know, keep. They don't care. They care enough. It to got n- booted, right? We just lost it. And it was the best episode that we've had in a long time. That Are you sure you're not just looking at the past with rose-colored glasses on there? I think it was a good one. I'm saying that people missed out because last week was a great episode. I felt very – so I, I actually concur, but I will say when I was at home, I felt like a real fucking moron thinking that because I was like, man, you know, I was really frustrated. Like I was tr- – I did everything I could to try to save it, and I was like bummed, you know, bumming around the house, and Zayvon was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, hey, you know, it's no big deal, but I'm just bummed because I thought it was a good episode. Yeah. And then I thought about how stupid it was that you and I in a basement – rapping back and forth for two hours about punk was something that I felt the world was really missing yeah. out on. Yeah, like what we, like you came over, we just looked at each other for two hours and wasted <laughs> our fucking time. Right? Yeah. But it was the best episode of the year. Too bad you missed it. It'll live <laughs> on in my mind, though. Yeah, so in order to uh, in order to at least honor the shit that we heard last week, because we did hear some good stuff, I mean, it would kind of be um, in defiance of the format of the show to go back and listen to it again. So I'm just going to go over the shit that we listened to on the last episode real quick, and we can do a very brief run- rundown of what we thought about it, right? So... The first thing that we had was X Shack X. That's X S H A C X with their demo 2021. You can find that at xshackx.bandcamp.com. This was a uh, solo project of what I can only assume is a fairly young person from Savannah, Georgia, that we felt was um, incredibly schizophrenic, very weird, coming from um, coming from a set of influence that certainly fall outside the realm of what we enjoy, but was also militantly vegan, which was an interesting mashup. It was like a, it was somewhere between like nineties vegan straight edge stuff and, um, really weird, like techie genty metalcore. It was, it was strange. The kid was a good musician. Um, but musically very fucking bizarre. We did not like it. We did not like it. it. I I feel like it was sent in in the spirit of malice. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't lean into that. We didn't lean into that. Um, so, you know, it's more fun when somebody does it to themselves. For sure. And, um, um, the biggest crime was the fact that he probably paid somebody to produce that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, on the, on the episode that was lost, it was, uh, it was recorded by Mark Maxwell at Maxwell sound studio. And, um, truly he was the the biggest culprit the biggest perpetrator in in terms of uh just like charging anybody for the the sound that was created in his quote-unquote studio was like really criminal right um then we had lysol with soup for my family if you know if you're in the know you've probably already heard lysol this is very predictably incredibly good 
you can find this at Lysol Punks, P-U-N-X.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really good. It was good. If you don't know, now you know. Yeah, for sure. You, you can go listen to it yourself. It's exactly the type of stuff that we basically always say is good on this show. Then we had Bone Marrow with Geminis 21. This is um, a new Brisbane, Australia, or a newer Brisbane, Australia uh, death metal band. Um, I thought that it aired a little bit too on uh, too too much on the modern side for me, both in terms of production and some of the tropes. But there were some bits that were that were good, sort of classic groovy death metal stuff too. All in all, I thought it was really really well done. Just not what I typically gravitate to in terms of techier death metal stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that um, I thought it was fine, but I, I compared it to Tomb Mold, sort of. Yeah. And uh, I just rather go listen to Tomb Mold. Yeah, for sure. Um, then we had Bold Bone Folder with Death slash Destiny. This is a, a band from Toledo, Ohio that we've had on the show before. Our friend Will plays in this band. It is blown out uh, stadium crust kind of stuff that was really competent. We mentioned that it is um, it's like D beat crusty D beat of a of a variety that's just not played frequently at all. And that even though I have fond memories of stuff like this, um, it's not something that I turn on very frequently. And I don't think. Almost any bands are still actively playing this unless they're kind of legacy acts of the genre. There's got to be a couple, but we're, they're not on right. our radar. For and sure. Will, just pay somebody to produce the next one. <laughs> right, yes. I, I, and our main gripe was this. with this was that it was really well done, but it deserved big, booming production. You yep. know, it was like epic DB crust stuff, and um, it should sound as such, you know? Um, then we had Credit Bureau with their self-titled tape. Uh, this is a newer Deluxe Bias release. As with all Deluxe Bias releases, it is frustratingly short. Um, uh, you know, the fact that it utilizes plastic uh, to put three minutes of music into the world is well ethically it, questionable. It, it's a better use of plastic than all the plastic that came double and triple wrapped around all this elect- brand true. new electronic equipment. That is very true, right? yeah. So what the fuck? Who gives a shit, right? Yeah. But point with that was i think i said why like we, we we were worried about this sort of punk becoming basically an ouroboros right yes exactly a snake just self-referring to it you know just eating itself and it becomes too self-referential right and um i thought this sounded exactly like somehow a lower fi version of prison affair right yes it's this is um this is firmly in the egg punk category and yeah i, I do i do feel like this is risking um becoming too self-referential but um it was still pretty good you know what i mean not good enough for me to to spend money on three minutes worth of music but not bad at all um, and then finally, we also had uh, premieres from uh, Soothing and Cruel Master, who just put out a split. And um, we have had both Soothing, Soothing and Cruel Master on the show before. Um, you know how we feel about both of them if you've listened to older episodes. If not, we like them a lot. Soothing is black metal influenced mid tempo uh, hardcore, uh, Cruel Master is lo fi lurching black metal stuff that really leans into being a a sketchy weirdo uh flasher you know it's like it's very theatrical we both we talked about it when we first had it on the show Mm -hmm. i like i love all of the crew master demos that have come out over the past couple years um he's very uh intentionally mysterious and esoteric um this material is really really good too you know we didn't get a chance to to play this well you know we played it on the last episode the last episode no longer exists so um as uh as i want to fulfill my commitment to my good friend nick who plays in soothing we're just going to play these two tracks again I, you know i don't want to go on too long about them we'll just play them back to back um but they're both 
really, really good. So let's do that, and then we'll uh, we'll get into the rest of the show. So we're going to listen to The Clock by Soothing off of their side of the split with Cruel Master, and then uh, right after that, we're going to listen to Easy, Pre- Easy Prey by Cruel Master off of their side of the split.
Okay, so there we go. We just heard The Clock by Soothing and then Easy Prey by Cruel Master uh, off of their each, uh, the first song on uh, each of their respective sides of their split. You can hear uh, you can hear that at bandofsoothing.bandcamp.com and then the Cruel Master side at cruelmaster.bandcamp.com but you can purchase the lathe cut 7-inch on bandofsoothing.bandcamp.com. There are only four left. So act quickly, and um, as we recently determined, there's no need for us to be mysterious because we are not uh, youth attack or anything. So um, if you like soothing, which I know a lot of our listeners do, I was texting Nick just earlier tonight about doing a soothing tape with Demo Listen. He had talked to me about it forever ago, um, and we're finally in a position where it just lines up and works. So if you you know like all of the soothing material but don't like having lathe cuts that you can't really listen to that are just like, you know, they're basically just pieces of plastic in your collection. Right, right. You know what I mean? If you if you want to have everything collected on a single uh, a single cassette, you can actually listen to along with some new material. Um, we should be having that out sometime this winter. Just got to get the tracks and art from him and get it over to the pressing plant. So I'm stoked that we're doing that. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Good shit. You know, so, given that, like hearing that a second time now this week, revisiting it. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Like like what the cruel master stuff. Yeah, but it's it's both of it's pretty. It's it's okay. <laughs> That's that's your reassessment. Of yeah, it. that's my reassessment. It's all right. Okay, so I'm glad I'm glad that we just committed to doing this release for the for the the band whose material you have determined is just all right. It's it's pretty good. <laughs> okay, cool, sick. I'm glad I'm glad we we added that in there. Um, so then uh, before we move any further, I also wanted to uh, to thank the new patrons up top because this is a thing I always forget to do. You can uh, become a patron a patron at patreon.com slash demolition podcast and a patriot and a patriot. So you will be a patriot and a patron. Um, so we uh, yeah, we've had some new people join over the last month or so. So we have Sean Mellon at the five dollar tier. Alexander Schaefer at the $10 tier, Michael Allen at the $10 tier, Camden at the $1 tier, which just gets you this shout out. So if you want anything else, you, <laughs> you got to give us four more bucks a month. Josh Mawson, who we actually saw at the show last night, plays in a really, really rad band out of Indianapolis called Hell Regal uh, at the $5 tier. And then just today, just a, a couple short hours ago, George Fuentes at the $5 tier. So shout out to everybody who has signed up over the last month. We should have a new episode going up here pretty soon. I think we're, uh, the plan was to record something this week. Um, so, yeah, thanks to everybody who joined. I also, on the last episode, did like a fucking an overview of Convulse Fest. I don't want to fucking go over that all again. By this point, there are so many fucking pictures and videos on the internet of the fest that you can see. It was a really good time. Shout out to Adam Croft at Convulse Records who did what he did. He did a really good job. He is an excellent curator of cool shit. He puts out a lot of good records, support Convulse Records. Um, also, on a slightly more somber note, a kid that I met out there who I had been acquainted with on the internet for a long time, Olin Martin, passed away um, a few days ago. I spent some time with him while I was out there. Anybody who was there can attest to the fact that um, he was like the life of the room. He went off for every band. He was freshly 19, I think really embodied the sort of wide-eyed enthusiasm and vigor that a lot of us uh, aging punks wish that we could recreate or feel again for even a single moment. Dude who was playing in a really cool band called the Kinky Bastards out of Dallas, Texas, who's really good. You should go check out if you haven't listened to him before. Really good, just hardcore punk shit that he was uh, fronting. He passed away a few days ago. It's been, again, all over the internet. If you know anybody, um, you know, Spy posted about it. A bunch of people posted about it. He was kind of a, a fixture in the Dallas-Fort Worth hardcore scene, and it's... Uh, it's like a genuine tragedy in a way that um, 
you know, I don't think you, you, we actually run up against very often because the dude was so young and so cool and so just generally well liked. So, um, shout out to Olin. And uh, beyond that, let's just jump into, uh, let's jump into the queue if you don't you know, have any thoughts or anything. No, let's do it. All right, cool. So, this week we have, uh, we got some returns from last week since we weren't able to, you know, publish an episode. So, this is a mix of old and new. Uh, some of this stuff might be a little beyond the cutoff date, but that's by no fault of the submitters. So, first up, we have got Moloch with uh, this is a local band. Um, this was submitted by Louis Pearl, who plays in this band. Uh, Moloch is a band that I have booked at uh, the Bug House on a ton of shows. They're a ton of fun live. You may have seen them. They had a uh, they had a, um, a set on Hate Five Six go up like a few months back, which was pretty cool. Um, and I know I actually just saw pictures earlier this evening. They are recording at uh, our old friend uh, Dan Canaley's house. He has a yeah. he has an in home studio that he recently finished up building. And uh, Moloch, I think, is recording their new EP there with them. Um, this is something off of their second demo, Dirty Tricks. Um, then we have got Tempter. This was submitted by a couple people, Anthony from Gel and Caius. Um, this is a new release on quality control that I have not listened to yet, but I, uh, I have seen a bunch of people big up in it. And then we have got the new self-titled LP fi- uh, from Mystery Girl. Super, super good power pop band out of Albany. This was submitted by Eric Pressman, who plays, uh, plays in this band. And uh, we had Mystery Girl on the show, I think, really early on in our existence and really, really liked it. We also really like Eric's other band, Wet Specimens. Um, then we have got Chat Pile. This was a submission from Tim Neff. This is uh, their songs off of their Split with Portrayal of Guilt. He described this in a way that felt very strange, and I don't know what to think about it. So if we land on it, I guess we'll find out. Then we have got Ideation uh, with their Blunt Instrument demo. This was sent in by Zach Honeycutt. This is a thing that I already know I like a whole lot. Um, I bought copies of the demo for myself and Nate, but I don't think Nate's gotten around to listening to it yet. This is Members of Protocol and Armor, um, and this is a tape out on uh, one of the members of Protocol's label, Dynastic Yellow Star. Then we have got Never Again with their demo. This is a submission by AJ. He just described it as new, uh, new ripping New Jersey hardcore. Then we have got Upright Ape with The Fate Of. This was submitted by Rich Miles. He says uh, he he imagines maybe these people grew up listening to street punk, but that's not a scene he came from. So to him, it just sounds like early U.S. hardcore with a, a touch of UK 82 in it. Then we have Hallucination Realized with their uh, split with Redundant Protoplasm. This was sent in by Tyler Hammer. Hallucination Realized is like a grind uh, power violence act from Rochester. He says uh, the old stuff was grindier, but that this new stuff is more like early 2000s influenced uh, power violence stuff in the vein of something like Mind Eraser, maybe. Then we have got Friction with Condition to Chaos. This is uh, another another release from the reliable homie, homie shit mag out of Canada. This was sent in by Ethan Lizay. He says it is uh, heavy, bouncy, hardcore stuff. And then last in the queue for the evening, we've got Future of Despair with uh, Hell City. This was submitted by Ryan Donahoe, the ever-reliable Ryan Donahoe. Uh, he didn't say anything about it. He just suggested which, uh, which track we should listen to. So looks uh, looks cool. It was submitted by somebody who submits cool stuff, but let's uh, see what's up first. Four. Okay, so four is Upright Ape, the uh, Rich Miles submission. This You can find this at uprightape.bandcamp.com. The release is called The Fate Of. I don't believe that he suggested a particular track. This is a Kalamazoo, Michigan-based band. Um, not a lot of hardcore coming out of Kalamazoo, Michigan these days, so I'm interested to hear this. 
Um, they have got the song Culture of Fear queued up to play, so we'll go with that. So we're going to listen to Culture of Fear by Upright Ape off of The Fate Of. heard the song culture of fear by upright ape off of the fate of upright ape um like i said punk band based out of kalamazoo michigan um rich you know i typically trust your taste um i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one i mean to be fair you didn't say it was any good you just submitted it and kind of described it i didn't like this at all i also got the feeling that um just from like the vocal delivery and and just like the general vibe of the song. I could be way off base with this. I got the feeling that this band maybe consists of people a lot older than um, far too old for me to be as permissive as I would be if these were 17, 18, 19 year olds. You know what I mean? I don't know if I got that vibe. I I don't know. Um, 
We played a show in Kalamazoo one time. We did play a show was, in Kalamazoo. It was one a time. complete clusterfuck. It was, yeah. And this sounds like a band that would have been on that show. Absolutely, yeah. There was actually a good band on that there show. There was a good band. Who was on? Was uh, Sex Bunker? Sex Bunker. They were pretty. They were good. pretty good. Yeah, I like that band. But yeah. um, that was the only band that was any good on that show. Yes. Yeah. And uh, but this sounds like so. This kind of straddles a line too because I wasn't completely turned off until dude started singing the chorus. Yeah, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to be impressed with it from from jump, I, but I figured it would be just meat and potatoes. The right. length of it, like, so when you hear that chord progression, yes, and then you see that the song is three minutes long, yeah, dude, you know, you know, you're not in for like, you're kind of in for a punisher, yeah, for sure, yes, right, yeah. Um, so like, trim that, trim the fat, trim that by half, right, right, and I'm a lot, I'm a lot friendlier to it. Yeah, I, I'm. I would say I'm just marginally friendlier to it. What I mean is, what I mean is, it's like, okay, fine, you know, like, right, sure, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that this is a fucking banger. What I'm saying is, trim it by half, and at least I'm not like, fuck, come on, yeah, right. Um, yeah, this is. I, I don't think I. I, sh I, I don't think I dislike this as much as you. I just was. This was. Um, this was. Uh, the equivalent of the color taupe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. That's what this was to me. Yeah, I yeah no, I I, I would say I, I full on actively dislike this, and um and most punk that falls in this vein, especially when it's just this like lazily executed, I think because again, unless these are people who are beginner music musicians, like there's there are very few excuses to like bring that riff to a practice space and everyone go, yeah, that's it. That's that's the riff, you know what I mean? Let's ride that for three minutes. There were also some in, incredibly ill-advised uh, effects decision made, guitar effects decisions made on this track. Um, some some real some real questionable leads on there. And Rich, I will say too, you said you know you don't really have a background in street punk, so to you this just sounded like you know U.S. hardcore mixed with um, you know UK '82 stuff. Maybe some of the other songs on on this release do sound more that way. But I will say. You know, when I started getting into punk and hardcore of a of a contemporary variety in my you know very early teens and playing some of it around my my dad, especially like the the more metalcorey kind of stuff that like local bands were playing because he would come out to some of those shows, he lacked the language to describe a lot of that shit because he missed most '90s hardcore except for really popular stuff, you know, refused and shit that kind of broke into like mainstream spaces. So he lacked the language to describe metalcore because he missed a decade of music, sure. right? So like his only reference point for it, he was like, oh, this kind of sounds like corrosion of conformity. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's the closest thing to him. And it didn't sound like cor corrosion of conformity, but I guess you can see how if you're just missing a crucial component of understanding a, a particular variety of music, right. you're going to go to your nearest thing. So Rich, if you have no background in street punk, really, I can see how you would compare this to those things that you did but to me this is squarely like you know studs and leather fucking bandana yep. drunk punk street punk shit you yeah know? yeah from from everything about it right yeah for sure i mean song lengths um the chords right yep right yeah the solos yes the sing-along chorus i can just see like a couple people also just sort of like bellowing out 
while holding a fucking pounder in hand, like right. trying to bellow out the fucking chorus to this at the same time. Yeah, I think, and I also think my aversion to this kind of stuff, like this level, this this sort of lowbrow entry level version of this kind of music, also comes from my proximity to it as a young person because I was a studs and leather punk, and like I hung around for a very brief period of my life a lot of like older dudes in their thirties who were like still clinging to this and playing in really bad bands that were doing some iteration of this kind of music who were intolerable people making really lazy music who just used this as an excuse to hang out with their friends and get drunk and fight people and like harass women. You know what I'm saying? So I think I also have personal baggage attached to this kind of shit that, that makes me um, turn my nose up at it in, in most instances too. Sure. But I also just thought this wasn't particularly good. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, beat a dead horse on this. I didn't like this. You didn't think it was great. You know? Yeah. The one thing I will say, uh-huh. they are productive. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is, they got 15 they got tracks, 15 tracks, right? but it doesn't always seem to go that way. The yeah. band that you want 15 tracks from gives you three and the band that you could, you, you, you might want to only give you three tracks gives you 15 Four minute logs. Right. Well, I mean, the, their previous release was in 2018. Uh-huh. We'll say that the past two years for a lot of folks have been a fucking like Rip Van Winkle moment. Kind of a wash. You get a freebie. You get a freebie. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they fucking pack a lot on there, man. 15 songs. If you like it, go for it, man. If you like it, you got a lot of material. Yeah. yeah they've yeah. got a solid set list. No doubt. So, and also, this is definitely, this is the, this is the kind of punk that will never see any physical release except for maybe a CDR. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never hear this kind of stuff or see this kind of stuff, make it to vinyl or tape or whatever. This, we've talked about it on, on the show before, too. This also feels very bizarro world for me. This feels like it it juts up against things that I like and enjoy and listen to, but is probably a, a distinct and, like, self-contained little pocket of subculture that isn't, there's not a whole lot of overlap, you know? Yeah, it doesn't sound like a basement. No. And if it does, then it's certainly not the basements that I'm used to. Right, yeah. It's not, maybe a party house basement, you know what I yeah. mean? But All right, let's uh, let's roll the dice, see what's up next. Four again. All right, this is the Never Again demo. I also never know, uh, a problem with AJ's submissions are, are that I never know whether he's trolling or not, because sometimes he sends stuff in because he doesn't like somebody in the band and he expects that we won't like it. So I don't know. I don't know if this is actually ripping new New Jersey hardcore stuff. Also, AJ, I tell you this every time that you submit music, and I'm just going to I'm gonna tell you again because sometimes you bitch about it in the Facebook group or in the Discord or whatever. You say, oh, we never got your so-and-so band that you submitted in the queue. And that is because, as always, I request that you send in one band per email because I'm not going to remember to go back and reopen your old email to check and see if there were other bands in there. It's out of my brain the second that I close the email. And every single time for like two years now, you send like five or six bands in every fucking email and I'm never going to get back around to them. So just send one spaced out, you know, over the course of weeks, maybe send one a week and then they'll all end up in the queue. All right, so let's uh, let's just jump into this. We'll listen to uh, the first song on here. So we're going to hear Disillusioned by Never Again off of their demo. Face to face with the weight of the world that's all good time. 
All right, we just heard the song Disillusioned by Never Again off of their demo. I will say uh, to the singer of this band, I concur. I, I, I too hate when anger, devastation, and hate are all up in my face. Yeah. So, so this is a bouncy style of hardcore that derives um, from Breakdown. Breakdown is sort of like the common ancestor in all of this stuff, and I'm sure there are a lot of contemporary influences, backtrack and shit that I'm sure bands like this are pulling from too. But to me, like, you know, the 87 demo era of Breakdown, you know, all of that New York, bouncy New York hardcore stuff before it got, um, before it got, bad i guess in the 90s or it was it was so far right. uh, from its origin that I, it kind of lost me this is definitely in the in the lineage of that stuff and one thing i will say about this shit i thought that this was was solid it was it was pretty catchy i think this was a genuine submission by aj he wasn't I think, trying to get us to shit on something i think i think so too the little the little bouncy part at the end was fun it was cool you know, I, I kind of predicted where everything was going with this. I was glad it kind of stuck to formula and didn't veer into to into tough guy territory. The, the one thing I will say about this style of hardcore, and we've talked about it before. We actually talked about it when we had The Consequence on the show. The Consequence, one of the best sets at Convulse Fest over the uh, last weekend as well, I will say. Um, this style of hardcore, like Breakdown 87 Demo Core, right? I always think is better when it's played by kids in combat boots versus when it's played by kids in Air Max 90s. It tells you a lot about their tastes and style. Right, exactly. You have like the cargo shorts and Air Max kids playing bouncy hardcore. No good. Usually not nearly as much to my taste. On occasion, more sometimes, but much less frequently. But then when you have, for me, like this stuff just needs... It's punk DNA right. to be good. Combat you know, I, boots and vans. Right. Okay. Right. Exactly. And that's skateboard. Okay. Right. Exactly. Right. You, you know what I mean? So, you know, outburst, all of that shit. To me, it's just, it retains enough of its like core first wave US hardcore punk DNA that it's, it's a, it's just a dope, bouncier, fun, you know, street permutation on a form that I really like already. Mm-hmm. Um, the further away it gets from that, the less interested I am in it. But this was pretty good. It was, I would like this to be punker. You know what I mean? I would like this, I would like the production on this to be more blown out. But it didn't lean into like shitty moshcore tropes or anything. I mean, this definitely felt like it was influenced by classic New York hardcore stuff in this variety and not a lot of like the heavier derivatives of it that have you know, cropped up in the last 25 years. So, you know, this wasn't amazing or anything, but for a first effort for a demo, pretty solid. I didn't have any beef with this. I'm not going to return to this immediately, but if I saw this band put out an EP in another six months or something, I'd check it out and see where, see where they went with it, you know? Yeah. By and large, you know, I don't really give a shit about this stuff too much. Yeah. But in the, in the context of this band, I would check this out in the basement for sure. Yeah, sure. It'd be fun. Right. I probably wouldn't actually listen to it a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, this is pretty good. I don't really pay attention to a lot of stuff like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, but when it's done well and it's done right and it's got the right attitude, it's fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought this was uh, perfectly solid, perfectly capable, passable, not bad at all, and a solid first demo. Especially if these are young kids, if this is like a first or very early band. Really solid effort. Um, all right, let's roll the dice. Eight. Okay, eight is tempter. This was uh, submitted to us by Anthony and Caius and maybe some other people. It's on Quality Control. You can find this at qualitycontrolhq.bandcamp.com. That's, um, you know, a shining endorsement of it, of this in and of itself. Most things that come out on Quality Control are really fucking good. Um, they got the first song queued up to play, so let's just go with that. So we're going to listen to Sacricide by Tempter off their self-titled release. 
Okay, so the only thing I'm going to say about that is I wonder how representative that is of the rest of the song, rest of the album. Yeah. Because that whole thing felt like a buildup. Yeah, that felt like an intro track. I'm going to say that was fucking good. It was really, really Mixed fucking good. Mixed and mastered by the tag team heavyweight hardcore duo of the world. Yeah, Jonah Falco, uh, Willie Killy. Right. Yep. So um, it sounded really fucking good. Do we just want to listen to another track? Yeah, like, let's just, I do, because it goes right into the, the next tr- next track, and I have a feeling that one's going to fucking just rip. rip. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to listen to Uniformed Madness by Tempter as well. <laughs> did indeed fucking rip right man that's really good that's yep. really really fucking good yeah I, I i enjoyed this thoroughly the uh it, it's it's i'm just gonna borrow the tagline from the fucking right up here right mm-hmm. um merging the very best parts of crossover metal and hardcore from the 80s from 80s japan sweden and uk yep. sure yeah right i noticed that the tempter logo bears a bit of a re- resemblance to the axe grinder logo on the rise of the serpent man lp it does yeah i wonder if that's by accident or not mm-hmm. the artwork at least the skull shattering the fucking peace symbol in the middle reminds me of like um, um, early bolt thrower artwork. Yeah, for sure. Um, in battle, there is no law. Yeah, right. I I think that I think both sonically and aesthetically, mm-hmm. they kind of got dialed on to a certain era and region that they're going for, and it yeah. fucking rules. Yeah, that's fucking kicked ass, man. Another winner out of Richmond, Virginia. Another winner from the tag team duo that you mentioned. This sounds really, really fucking good. Um, I should also mention this was recorded at Studio F12. I'm not sure who is responsible for that, but uh, you know, even even given uh, you know, Jonah Falco and Will Killingsworth can only do so much given bullshit tracks, so one one assumes the engineer who recorded this was also knew what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, this sounded great. This was great. Big and booming. Yep, for sure. This is, um, this also is totally in the vein of something that we've discussed 
a lot on the last handful of episodes, which is the emergence of D-Beat and international hardcore and metal um, sort of like emerging and making their presence known in sort of, I guess, the more popular mainline hardcore zeitgeist to this kind of stuff is uh, eking its way into sort of like more straight ahead or um, better populated spaces than I think it has in a whole lot in uh, a, a, a really long time. And there's a whole lot more just general crossover from this kind of stuff than we have maybe seen maybe ever, I would say like this sharing stages with just straight up hardcore and shit, I think is more, more common than it's probably ever been. You know what okay, I mean? Sure. I would say. Um, and I'm really stoked on the, uh, I'm, I'm really stoked on this, this current wave of bands pulling from Japanese hardcore, Swedish DB and that kind of stuff. It's like I said, it's a, it's a, um, it's a marriage that makes perfect sense to me sonically. I think it's been a long time coming and, uh, I'm, I'm psyched that bands are, are, are leaning into this particular era and wave of shit, um, for influence. It's really you know, fucking sick. I was listening to Dr. No earlier today at work. Yeah. And we've never really mentioned that, but that sounds so fucking current with what a lot of bands are doing, too. Dude, absolutely, yeah. Right, and we've never really mentioned Dr. No by name before. And Dr. Like, no is so fucking slept on, too. I know, I know. And so I was like, good. this like, it, it, it's this sounds like it was recorded last fucking month. Yeah, no doubt, man. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fucking good pull. I need to actually go back and revisit some Dr. No. Um, but yeah, that was really good. I don't, I don't really know what else to say about that. Uh, this is, this is another one of those, if you don't like this, what do you like kind of, kind of releases. Yeah, what, you know what, what, I mean? what are you here for? Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely ripping. Really fucking good. Eventually we need to do a Richmond, Virginia, Patreon episode where we just pull all of our favorite Richmond bands because the history of, of fucking punk music there is insane. Yeah, for um, sure. All right. Let's uh, see what's up next. One. All right, one is Future of Despair. This is uh, this is the weekly Ryan Donahoe release, so I've got high hopes for it. Future of Despair with their release Hell City. You can find this on 1753.bandcamp.com and uh, should be uh, pretty up, pretty far up towards the top of their releases. Um, looks like they have got, well, they've got the first song queued up to play, but Ryan specifically suggested the second one. So we are going to listen to Victims of Their Mania by Future of Despair off of Hell City. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, we just heard "Victims of Their Mania" by Future of Despair off of Hell City. That was that was actually uh, that was incredibly appropriate to follow Tempter. I was going to say these, these guys would tour with Tempter. Right. Yes, exactly. That was that was also really really fucking good. Yeah. Also, I really need to check into this label, I guess, because I'm totally unfamiliar with this label. 1753. They're an LA based label that it looks uh, looks like they maybe specialize in like a lot of Spanish speaking stuff. A mm-hmm. lot of the stuff on here is that. So looks like it. I imagine it's coming from that. Uh, that segment of like the LA punk and hardcore community really really fucking good and if if they're curating stuff of this quality I would definitely go back and check out I'd like to go back and check out other stuff that this label is putting out I I, I think they might be the uh, deluxe bias of this style of hardcore yeah because everything's like well at least this was 20 copies All right yeah, yeah yeah um at least there's a little bit more meat on the bones here we got yeah. we got we got four you know three songs that are two and a half minutes and one that's a little over one so. yeah yeah so we'll see but uh you know it, it this is sold out so fuck you of course it's sold out because there's 20 copies I know you know what I mean I know like there's 20 of them on the earth right yeah it's like we well we talked about it last week or or on the last episode that was lost right when we were talking about deluxe bias and whatnot but for my money, right, when you're putting out something that's this good, it's there's no risk in just doing a hundred of them. You right. know what I mean? And the and the overhead is so fucking low. Even if you're getting these professionally fucking pressed and shrink wrapped with a proper right. J card, it's so fucking cheap that any working adult who doesn't have other sort of like hobbies or major, major responsibilities, medical bills, whatever the fuck, which you may, you know what right. I'm saying? I don't know your circumstance, but if you've got four four hundred spare bucks to throw out there you're gonna make it back when it's this good you know what i'm sure. saying you're gonna make your money right back Sure, you're gonna make it right back and not only that but like there's 20 copies let's say that let's be generous and say that 30 were produced right and then there's like 10 circulating among sure. band members and friends and stuff like that right yo this isn't you're not fucking wu-tang <laughs> right, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah yeah no like you're not gonna release like one record that right. somebody's gonna pay a million dollars for just fucking make them just sure. fucking make them and put them out there. Yeah, and it's 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 also low investment to your your customer. I mean, it's just a win win. You can sell these for fucking four dollars plus media mail shipping, which is like two dollars. Right. Like this was good. Yeah. But there's no mystery to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Just give me a solid run of a hundred or hundred and fifty because I would have bought this right now. Sure. You know right. what I'm saying? I went yeah. to look. I went to click on this and I was like, oh wait, it's sold out. Oh wait. That's because there are fucking 20 of them. It right? says limited run. Uh-huh. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Um, but yeah, musically, that was really, really fucking good. Um, I was like, at the end of the song on that fade out, I was like, ooh, that's a good riff. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're going to fucking come back in with that riff with on the, the next, next song. song. Yeah, yeah so have to find out. I'm definitely going to listen to the rest of this. Like I said, you can find this at 1753.bandcamp.com. I personally am going to go back and investigate what else this label has been doing. The, the, all the artwork looks cool. It looks like stuff that would probably be it also be like in this van. It looks like it's all of a type. Right, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, that was really, really good. Uh, Future of Despair, Hell City. Thanks to Ryan Donahoe for sending in a, another winner. Let's uh, see what's next. One. Okay, one again. All right, so this is... Uh, this is the release that is out on uh, Homie Shit Mag. You can find this at homieshitmag.bandcamp.com, and I believe it is the newest release on here. The band is Friction. The release is Conditioned to Chaos, which is a uh, seven-song EP, it looks like. So most famously, Homie Shit Mag gave us Flashback, the new metal revival band that, um, while we definitely disliked it, also brought us a great deal of pleasure. You know what I mean? So, right. So, um, I, so I can't hate too hard. Um, 
This was sent in by Ethan Lizay. He said it was bouncy, heavy, hardcore stuff. Again, you know, that's more frequently my my bag than it is Nate's, but even at that, far less frequently my bag than other stuff is. So we'll see how it is. Um, the song that he sent in is the title track, I believe. So well, it's track three, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to listen to Condition to Chaos off of the release of the same name by the band Friction. Okay, we just heard the song Condition to Chaos off of the release of the same name by the band Friction. Uh, I assume that this is also a Toronto area-based band or at the very least a Canadian band. I'm pretty sure that basically everything that Homie Shit Mag puts out is is Canadian. Um, so so this, I'm just going to go in on this because I, this is a forum that's very familiar to me because it was a forum that was incredibly popular when I was like first stepping in into hardcore um when i was a teenager in like the early to mid aughts um th this is definitely feels like it's in the lineage of locking out records and like some of the stuff that was kind of adjacent to that there was a period of time where there was a fascination with like very stripped back kind of bare bones hardcore that juxtaposed like faster parts with like mid-tempo bouncier moshier fun parts so when i hear this right uh-huh because i I'm I I couldn't name you anything on Locking Out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that on right. the show. Yeah. Maybe one band. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Right. But off the top of my head, no. Right. The sort of like the 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 twenty first century iteration of this. Uh -huh. I do not pay attention to. Right. When I hear this, I hear a band that is trying to sound. It's got the DNA of like Infest and lack of interest in it. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Kind of. Especially Infest. Right. Um, but, and that was what I was thinking was when, like with the fast parts. Sure. It sounded like, that's what it sounded like to me. It was like, okay, well this is fine enough. But then you put in the rubbery parts. Yeah. The rubbery bouncy room parts. And yeah. it just, it doesn't, it doesn't hit the same way. It doesn't feel as mean. It doesn't feel as, uh, 
as, as chaotic. It just conditioned to chaos. It doesn't feel as chaotic. It right. doesn't feel as mean. It doesn't hit me at all nearly as hard. But I, that's what I hear in this is the DNA of a band like that. So that's interesting. This is kind. This is kind of in the vein of the phenomenon that I was talking about earlier, right? That's like your closest right. sonic relative to it. Because I doubt that this band would cite infest or lack of interest as that's, an, and that's as my an influence, point. Right? right? That's my point. Right. Like they they wouldn't cite that at all. Right. But that's what I hear in it. Right. So I think that you can get I think you can get back to that if you follow sort of the family tree and lineage back to that. You could get there. Because in the early to mid two thousands you had bands like Outbreak who were playing fast hardcore that had mosh parts in it, or you had Brace War who was doing that very famously, or Internal Affairs and shit like that. This is all these are all bands that I grew up listening to that were very popular when I like first first started setting foot in these spaces and a lot of bands that I cut my teeth on and, and have a fondness for. Um, and like the definitely the graffiti uh, like aesthetic sensibility of this is very much of that era too, very much in the locking out realm of shit of like, you know, streetwear core, right? You know, I, and you know, I do not trust streetwear core. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like, as we have mentioned before, I am a, I'm probably a, a purveyor of streetwear core culture. Right. Right. Um, and, and again, cut my teeth on a lot of that stuff. And I, I like a whole, a whole lot of it. I wore a locking out hoodie to the show last night. Um, so this is in the lineage of that. It's very familiar to me, but it does very little for me. And I, I think it's, um, I think it's a, a, a really, it's a far less well-developed iteration of that form than the style, the, the bands of this style that I really like, that I still revisit. You know, this has the DNA of, of mental in it, I guess. Um, but it's, it's, I think a far cry from it too. You know, it's got the DNA of righteous jams in it, but it doesn't do the same thing for me that that any of those bands do. I don't think it's offensively bad. I do think the recording was was pushing up to being offensively ba bad. It was mastered by Arthur Rizk, you know, it plays in a, a zillion fucking good bands and is an excellent engineer and uh, you know audio engineer. But like, if you give somebody bad tracks to work with, like mastering isn't mixing. You need to have a good engineer up top. You need somebody that can mix it. This sounded bad to me. It was really thin. I didn't really like the tones. I think with a different recording, I would have felt a different way about this. Maybe uh, maybe this would have felt more chaotic if this were more blown out, if this were a bigger production. Just nothing about the production worked on this. It felt really fucking thin, limp-wristed, and weak for me. But musically, it's fine. I'm sure kids would go off to this and have a good time, but it's it just feels um, really like half-baked and kind of underdeveloped for me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm too old for that shit, dude. Yeah, I, don't, I do not trust fucking streetwear shit. I don't trust... Uh I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I, it just doesn't do anything for me in its modern iteration. Yeah. I'm just going to go listen to fucking Infest now. Yeah. I get, well, here, here's a, I guess a, a more, a more, um, sort of like a one to one comparison for you would be like something like Intent to Injure, right? Sure. I think there's a, I think that this is in the lineage of a band like Intent sure. to Injure, too. Sure. You know Absolutely. I mean? as, especially, especially with the street attitude. Right. Exactly. And right. Intent to Injure was, you know, fucking graffiti shit. But, also, again, what I talked about earlier with, you know, Air Max versus Combat Boots, the intent to end your stuff feels fucking punk as shit, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that, and it's funny, too. It's like street, street wise, but with like a very funny undercurrent to it. They're cracking jokes on the and records. You I, know mean, what I mean, and, and some of it is legitimately just bad. 
taking out racists for sure bad <laughs> right yeah no doubt right. yeah. but uh but also fucking great right. <laughs> you know what i mean so so yeah i think you can you can draw a line from some other stuff that you like to this sure. but it's uh yeah like i said this is this is far enough removed from the origin and again it's a form that i really only go back to for nostalgia if it's done by a contemporary band i want it to be done really well and this this just didn't hit for me so but it was not offensively bad so hey, it wasn't flashback it wasn't flashback right nobody in this band is uh is doing new metal revivalism so hats off to you man you're 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 at least playing hardcore so i can't fucking hate on you for that so on that note we got five bands from the queue we got two bands via premieres um and we got a fuck ton of messages so full full transparency here we listened to and responded to every fucking message that we had on last week's you know well what would have been last week's episode so we've heard all these but I put these out of my brain as soon as as soon as humanly possible. So I don't really remember them. I kind of remember some of them. I really don't. Uh, so we're just going to listen to them and respond to them again, I guess. Well, we could, or we could just, you know, if we don't feel like responding, say, okay. Well, yeah, we could do that as well. I think there's a bunch that are just like classifieds. There's, yeah, well, there we are. should play it because there's dude from Cincy complaining that he can't start a band. It begins with that. And then there's That's dude from right. Cincy saying he needs to start a band. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to go through these. Some of these we'll have something to say about. Some of these we won't. Um, but yeah, we're get, we got a lot of fucking voicemails, but we're going to try and get through them uh, in a timely fashion. So just buckle up, bear with us, and, and we'll be done. It'll be over. It'll be over before you know it. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, D. Smokey Johnson, doink smoking, cock smoking, drink drinker. Sitting over here drinking some drink. I figured I'd call back in to uh, respond to the young man who called and uh, needed proof of the cock smoking. So we'll get a session going here. Hey, Marty. Yeah. Get your cock out, bud. All right, one second. Okay, I think we said Pixar didn't happen. Right, yeah, yeah. When we when we listened to this the first time, we said Pixar didn't happen, and we uh, called into question um, the existence of Marty at all. Well, right. could be a ghost. <laughs> could be a ghost, yeah, for sure. I've still yet to get to fuck my smoking hot ghost. So. Yeah. Um, all right, let's listen to the next one. Hey, what's up? This is Amos from Denver. Uh, I'm just calling because your discussion of that weird beverage drink has uh, reminded me of something I found kind of funny that I thought you guys might be entertained by. So, uh, yeah, it's 2021, and uh, I guess uh, weed is pretty much legal everywhere now, but it's super, super legal in Denver, obviously. And I recently ran sound for a corporate kind of type fest uh, in Denver, and some of the sponsors of the stage I was working at were these THC products, one of which was basically a, a THC nerds rope, where it was like hard candies stuck to a gummy that would get you high, and then the other one was uh, like a purple drink that was THC, and it was definitely marketed as if it was weed lean. Um, and I just found that to be very funny. Maybe, maybe you think it's funny too. Obviously, you uh, have made your distaste with weed and weed-related products quite clear. But this one, I think, reaches a new low. Anyways, uh, by the time it's airs, I'm sure Convulse Fest has already happened. But uh, 
maybe I saw some of these listeners or something there. Right on. Bye. Okay, so. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this, mm-hmm. right? Last time when we listened to this, I drew the analogy. is like, I like pizza. Pizza makes me feel fucking great. Right. But I don't need my fucking chocolate to taste like pizza. Right, sure. Right? Yeah. I don't know how much that analogy works. Not very well at all. But it gets the point across, maybe. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. I'm picking this stuff. <laughs> um, I guess here's the thing. I don't have a distaste for weed. Uh-huh. I just a strong distaste for everything surrounding it. I was just about to say that if you just smoked weed and shut the fuck up privately and just shut the fuck up or not even privately, if it's legal, whatever, whatever. you know what I'm saying? But just shut the fuck up. Just don't fucking talk about it. It's not cool literally at all. And I, here's a, I, I also don't like the idea that like this thing that you love so much in its pure form mm-hmm. isn't good enough. You got to ruin candy. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Candy's good. Candy's Le- good. Leave it unmolested. Right. right. If you like it so much, why do you want it to taste like candy? Yeah. Also, like, why not just smoke weed and, like, eat a nerd's rope? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, problem solved. Yeah. You know, I guess edibles are more potent, I guess. Right. right. But still. Why not just blow your fucking brains out? <laughs> my my comparison to it on the last episode was, like, you know, or the, the lost episode, rather, uh, was that weed isn't even cool, right? But something even that is cool take any of my interests that i consider cool right many would not i i don't require i don't require hardcore themed candy i don't need hardcore snickers right. you know what i'm saying i don't need dungeons and and dragons cheesecake right right i don't fucking need it i don't need one thing i like to be branded by other things that i enjoy right. they I, I i don't understand the obsession with it it's the worst component of weed culture the it's fact this, that there is this, a weed culture it's like it's the same thing as all the fucking like like alcoholic sodas and yeah, stuff dude it's like sure. this side eye it's like man it's not your grandpa's coca-cola well right. my grandpa's coca-cola had actual fucking cocaine <laughs> in it yeah but you know what i mean right yeah like, ooh, this is this is candy, but it's got a little bit of an adult twist to it because <laughs> it's bad for the kitties. Right. It's just this fucking lame, like, little mustache-twisting side-eye thing. Yeah, Shut the sucks. fuck up. Blow your fucking head off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, also, I met Amos. Super nice dude. Uh, helped out with uh, Convulse Fest, I think, was one of the many volunteers. So shout-out to everybody who made that fest run smoothly. Amos was one of those people. Yo! Uh, so before uh, Gray gets uh, canceled by Furnace Fest fans, I wanted to uh, take the shout-out a step further. If uh, any cool people and cool bands need a date in AZ, uh, you can hit up my booking group at uh, Sonoran Monolith Booking on Instagram. Um, it'll be at Sonoran.Monolith. Or uh, you can hit up our Gmail um, at uh, Sonoran.Monolith at Gmail. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's mostly for Tucson, Arizona. Um, you know, uh, we're only like an hour and a half from Phoenix, but, uh, at least you won't have to deal with the traffic in Phoenix. So, uh, hit us up, check out our page, uh, go fuck yourselves. All right, go hit up Sonoran Monolith, hit up Sonoran Monolith. Also much greater people have tried to cancel me than Furnace Fest attendees and all have failed. So I don't think they're going to get the job done. Hey, it's Alex. Uh, I just was thinking about something today, like, how you guys always talk about like how like uh, like basically cosplay within like hardcore people posing and shit. And I, I really feel like I, like when I was younger, listening to like cause I came up on like eighties hardcore. I really didn't know about modern hardcore, and I was just thinking like back then I was always like, man, like 
you know, like, I was in music, I was like, I feel like, you know, I have to be hardcore, like, everywhere. Like, I had to, like, I always felt like it was weird. It was like, you know, you see the movies, and there's, like, gangs of kids, really hardcore kids and shit. And basically, I just kind of came to the conclusion, like, honestly, like, anymore, if you listen to hardcore at all in the modern age, you're cosplaying. I mean, we, let's face it, we're, like, listening and playing the same fucking shit as they were in the fucking late 70s and into the 80s, and it's all cosplay now. But, I mean, that doesn't make it less any cool or anything like that, because, honestly, that's everything. Uh, I want to end by saying uh, that song, Outsiders by Concrete Elite, is the hardest song fucking ever made. That song makes me want to fight. And if anybody, because nobody wants to, I tried. If anybody in the Cincinnati area is listening to this, please start a fucking boy band with me, like Concrete Elite, Wet Word, or 86 Mentality in that vein. Uh, hit me up. I'm Alex. Peace. Okay, so spoiler alert. There's going to be another caller from Cincinnati. Right. In this in this round of voicemails that also is having trouble keeping a band together, right? So hopefully, Alex and this other caller can link up and start something good. Hopefully, the other caller likes eighty six mentality, but you know we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right, right. You know the only thing about the cosplay we do talk about that sort of shit. And yeah, like, I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck about posers. Like, yeah, whatever. Everybody's a fucking poser, right? for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, there's still like a vitality to it because of the youthful edge. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I typically only really apply cosplay to people returning to the form for a night out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Right? For sure. There's a fucking far cry for, between, like, a kid wearing his favorite fucking, or some hot new fucking hardcore shirt that he got because he's, like, into it and currently doing it. Right. And, like, a 40-year-old or, you know, 30-plus-year-old 30, 30 dude mm -hmm. that stepped away for five, six, seven years. Right. And then decided to come back to it. Yes. And throw on a fucking shirt just for fucking chicks and giggles. Right. You know, five, ten years later. Like, yeah. there's a far cry between that. And I, I agree. Whatever. You step away for whatever you step away, right? Sure. Good for you. You fucking, you, you grew up. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. You stopped wasting your fucking money and time on this <laughs> stupid shit. Right. Right. Sure. And my hat's off to you. Right. Yeah. Right. Enjoy your retirement. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a big there's a big difference there. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I personally have witnessed, you know, a thirty plus year old man who was not involved for ten, fifteen years come back and wear a straight edge letter jacket. Right. And it's just like, dog, Stop absolutely it. not. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Get help. The Mike the Michael Jordan meet. Stop. Get some help. Yeah. It, you know, yeah, just stop it. Yeah. So. For sure. You uh, know what I would like to see is classical music fans uh -huh. returning to the garb of the era. That'd be sick. Especially when they go to a classical music performance. Yeah, that'd be great. Wearing like foppish powdered wigs. Right. And like, like, like clothing that look like they walk out of the court of Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, for sure. And I, I will say too, like, you know, obviously my opinion on this is colored by my, at this point, nearly lifelong in involvement with the subculture. But I will say the difference for me between doing something like what you just described and dressing in hardcore attire is that a hardcore attire is more or less like, and it's more most stripped back form still just kind of contemporary fashion that yeah. like never left. Cause just it's regular ass it's clothes working ass, regular uh, working class, regular clothes, you know, who knows? Right. Like, okay, give us 150 years distance, right? Then it might, people are yeah, wearing right. their fucking future clothes, right? right? Sure. Yeah. And everybody's wearing some sort of shiny robe or something like yeah. that. And you show up in fucking, Zip up boots and you know some BDUs and right. a fucking NA shirt. Yeah, people are gonna look at you like just like we would if you showed up in a powdered wig and wooden horse teeth. Right. Yeah. But as it stands right now in 2021, you know, wearing some fucking camo pants and some Vans and a t-shirt and shaving your head. 
pretty good, sensible look. Yeah. You know what I mean? Perfectly great. For sure. Right. It's even becoming more acceptable in the workplace. No doubt. Right. So I don't really think, uh, I don't, I, yeah, I think I, uh, my definition of cosplay falls within what you just described as well. So, all right, let's, uh, let's see the next one. Yo, what up? It's Trey calling from the swamps. Uh, man, I'm 28 now and I told myself this year I was going to turn over a new leaf. Stop letting these fucking troglodytes with fucking hot takes and shit takes and whatever for the fuck. Get under my skin and uh, stop wishing ill will upon people I don't even know, but I gotta keep it real for a second. AJ, bro, get a fucking grip, man. On God, multiple times you have tried to either pay other people to do your dirty work or have just asked people to do your dirty work. Be a fucking man or shut the fuck up. Peace. Um, all right, Trey, I would just, I would encourage you to continue to try to turn over that new leaf because uh, while I understand your frustration, you know, don't, don't fall victim to the provocation of a stranger on a punk podcast. And you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. <laughs> right, exactly, right? Just turn the other cheek, buddy. Jesus had that one right. You know what I mean? It just, did, did he say that? I don't know. People quote him on that. People quote him on a lot of shit. <laughs> it might be a misquote, right? right? It might be a misattribution. Right. Um, but nonetheless, I, I think that's a fairly good principle in most applications. Just keep it moving, man. You know, don't worry about it. Don't let right. it get to you, right? Right. If, if AJ goes to prison for calling out a hit on our podcast, so be it. I wish there was like, a, like you know, a, a, I don't know, a passage in the Bible, uh -huh. in the New Testament, yeah, buried in there somewhere uh -huh. where it's like, I don't know. I don't. What are the books in the Bible, right? Luke, Luke, Psalms, we'll say, we'll say all sorts of Luke shit, yeah. sixteen twenty two, right? Right, and it just says, "Ah, fuck it." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's hear this next one. Hey, what's up? This is Josh from Indianapolis. Uh, people are promoting their shows on here, so I figured I'd call and do the same. Uh, so Saturday, October sixteenth, at J. Clyde's Pub in Indianapolis. Maneaters from Chicago, which is members of Kulo and Tarantula, are playing with my band, Hell Regal. It is our first gig. Uh, come to it or don't. I don't really give a fuck, but if you do, uh, that'd be cool. Goodbye. All right, so that gig already happened. It happened it last night. We were there. It was a good gig. Maneaters was really good. Hell Regal was really good. They might have tapes available online now. I know that uh, Joe, their guitarist, our friend Joe, was assembling tapes at the show, so they might be on Hell Regal's band camp. I couldn't tell you. Um, obviously the plug for this show came too little too late, right? But we do encourage people to use this as a classified section and promote your shows. And that was a good one. So, you know, it's weird now that I've met Josh and I know what he looks like. Uh -huh. I see his face talking at me when I right. hear his voice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? It's yeah. like when you read a, like, you know, you read the fucking Hobbit when you're a kid and you have this whole idea of what Bilbo looks like. Right. Right. And now all you can look at is fucking, what the fuck's his What's name? His face? Yeah. What, what is his, his name, name? Escapes me right now, but yeah. I always get him confused with. What's a guy from Harry Potter? Which which one? The one guy. <laughs> I don't know the one guy. The guy from Harry Potter that looks like the guy from The Hobbit. Who's the guy from Harry Potter that looks like the guy from The Hobbit? The fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> but what character? The fucking Harry Potter. Oh, oh, Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe. He looks like the dude from... Oh, he looks like Elijah Wood. That's it, yes. yes. Yeah. So I get so like confused. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So now, whenever I think about The Hobbit... All I can do is think about Elijah Wood, which right. sucks. Uh -huh. Yeah, it does. I hate when that happens. Right? Yes. So thanks, Josh. I had a whole fucking different image of you that was fucking cool. Right. And now I got to look at your fucking face every time <laughs> I hear your voice. That's right. All right, let's hear this. Uh, hear the next one. This is an AJ call. 
this is probably a really dumb and absurd question, but uh, I'm curious. Is there were no laws, not even like martial laws, or activated or became a reality, but like, I mean, you can include murder, but like robbery, et cetera. There was no laws and no repercussions for them. What would you two do? Watch the chaos? Would you participate in the chaos? Uh, for me personally, I'd probably watch most of it, but if it came down to it, I'd probably just shoplift. Shoplift and steal pharmaceutical drugs, sell them internationally, give them back to the, not even sell them, just give them international to those in need, give them back to the community, you know, like, our pharmaceutical, like, stance in America is so fucked. Like, fuck that, I just rob all the fucking CVSs and just free for everyone, even those who can't afford it, fuck it. Uh, yeah. That's about it. Maybe that's chaotic or not. Just trying to actually give it to those who deserve it. Because with my job, I work with people who literally go through months without their medication because of health insurance and even not even insured. But, uh, yeah. Also, it wasn't Doom Patrol. It's Doom Generation with uh, Rose McGowan. Greg Carter. Greg Carter, great film director. I don't know if he's made anything in the past 10 years, but, uh, yeah, the movie's sick. Dude gets castrated. All right, so I did make the correction in the last episode's show notes that it is Doom Generation and not Doom we, Patrol. We realized that pretty quickly after we, done, we were done recording, too. Yeah, I just I, I was I was just rolling with it on the fly and, and totally forgot. But Whatever. Um, also, AJ, if you're going to call, just, like, don't put... Just don't have the respect to not just put us on speakerphone while you're, like lacing up your boots or whatever the fuck you were doing because it was hard to discern what you were saying many times and there's thumps and crashes and smacks um yeah here's the thing yeah. i'll tell you what aj would do uh-huh aj would get fucking killed pretty quick <laughs> no doubt right yeah everybody thinks everybody thinks they're gonna fucking like we talked about this like have fun when shit breaks down right there's a reason why no like there's a reason why it People try to fucking find order. There's a reason yes. why these superstructures exist. Right. As exploitative as they have maybe mutated into. Right. It's because people hate fucking chaos. Yeah. It's because people need order and they need to rely upon one another. So what would I do? i get the fuck out of Dodge as best I could. Yes. And I'd probably fucking die. I like living in a civilization. I do too. I do not like living in some apocalyptic fucking dreamscape. For sure. Yeah, and you know, th- this actually and I won't I won't go too hard in on this, but it brings it brings me to a point of contention that I have a lot with a lot of folks who who are in the sort of like uh who, who push back against the sort of the no no ethical consumption under capitalism standpoint, right? Which is that like, oh, you know, well, I have to participate in society, right? Like I I have to have a cell phone or I have to do this or I have to do that. Like you actually don't at all like you could have ideological consistency you could fuck off to the woods there are people that do it there are people that do it you don't have to participate in society at all and i'm not at all saying that that means that you can't critique the society that you're taking part in you can't that's fine have good faith discussions about politics and ideology all you want that's fine but what i am saying is that is a full stop falsehood you don't have to use cell phones. You don't have to buy food from a grocery store. You don't have to live in a house. But what it comes down to is that most people prefer Netflix over revolution. Even you tanky cosplayers, 
even you anarchist weirdos, even you right-wing militia people, right. you want to be able to, at the end of the day, whether you're out there preaching fucking Marx in a park or you're practicing your gun drills, you want to go home and watch Midnight Mass on Netflix and fuck your wife or fuck your husband right. and pet your dog and eat your microwave fucking Tostitos. Here's, here's the thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so do I, right? Everything you like yeah. is thanks to the agricultural revolution, the enlightenment, right. the scientific method, and civilization. Everything you fucking like. Right. Right? There are people that do opt out. Their names are things like Kaczynski. <laughs> right, right, yes, yeah, and sure. And those people are either dead or infamous. <laughs> right, Or yes. both. Or you don't know who the fuck they are because they are living in a shack in right. Appalachia. Like, right? like, like, you know, or go to go, go to a third world country for sure and see how you like that. See how you like it, man. Right? And I'm not talking about like, you know, I'm talking about like real hunter gatherer shit. Right. right. Yeah. Go go live go live in Papua New Guinea for a little while. For sure. Give it a shot. Give it a fucking go, man. I guarantee you, tribal politics are just as shitty as the fucking there as they are here, man. Yeah. I guarantee it. And, uh, you know, as I've always said, people are the problem. Down with people. <laughs> but in the meantime, thank you for science and thank you for civilization. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Let's see the next one. Hey, Gregory. Hey, Nathaniel. This is Salad again. Uh, I have a question for you guys. Uh, what is, like, the, the best, like, gimmicky show that you've been to or, like, just coolest stage performance? Um, like, I don't know, like, Guar does all their crazy shit and, like, uh, Gulch were getting whipped by belts and whatnot on stage and some people play in complete darkness with fog machines. Um, so, yeah, what is your favorite? Uh, also, um, I think AJ does make that much money and I think that uh, as reparations to Peter from Jet Jaguar, I think that he should donate a couple thousand, just a couple thousand to the, the pod and uh you know to prove his wealth and and you know as an apology to peter um and maybe in that case you know we can maybe let him let him call more than one time or something because he he donated a couple grand um uh anyway have a nice day racist <laughs> uh, so here's the thing give that money to 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 the dude from Jet Jaguar. Right. I'm never going to say his name again. Yeah. I, I apologize profusely for even <laughs> even having any any role yeah. in putting his name in anybody's fucking brain. Right. Last time I'm going to say it, leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah, leave him alone. Yeah. Leave him the fuck alone. Right? Sure, yeah. Give the money to him. Sorry. A little kissy. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we talk about gimmicky shows. I don't know. So so I will say gimmick, yes, uh -huh. but one of the coolest things I've seen in a long fucking time was Author and Punisher. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's a Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Right? It is a gimmick. It is a gimmick. You don't need all that shit. But it is fucking awesome. It's, he yeah, doesn't, it he doesn't need to make it such a physical performance. Right. But he does, and it fucking works, and it was one of the best shows I've seen in a minute. Yeah, and my friend Brian Murray, uh, who, who some listeners of the show might know, um, he is a curmudgeon beyond his years, a lovable curmudgeon beyond his years. I saw when we saw Author and Punisher a couple years back, he saw him on that same tour and he texted me and was like, 
this shit sucks. This is a fucking stupid gimmick, right? So I guess it just depends upon your proclivities. But yeah. I think that does reinforce the fact that, yeah, indeed it is a gimmick, but it's one that works really well for me. Yeah. I, yeah, think I, thought, I thought it was fucking rules. So. Yeah, for sure. Also, never seen it in person, but the idea the idea of, like, Watain, um like, throwing a roadkill and, like, and blood and yeah, shit like to that. the audience, I like that a lot. We've right? thrown roadkill. I, I haven't, but... Adam has thrown roadkill into the audience. I helped him gather roadkill to throw into the audience. And right. That's always fun. Adam was good for, I think I, he barfed on a, on a woman that was just ensorcelled by his his guitar wizardry right, yeah. at a show once. Yeah, which is beautiful. Pupils fully dilated. She was looking right at him with love in her eyes. <laughs> and he got worked up and without even looking at her, just barfed all over her. Right. And just kept playing his guitar. Yeah, and, and the, the gimmick of our shows is entertaining, I think, mostly only to us, as you've pointed out before, sometimes only to you. Only to me. Um, but, yeah, some of our shows can veer into that realm. You've I mean, eaten a lobster dinner at a show before. I think it's fine. I mean, whatever. Just have fun with it, right? If, yeah. you're, if you're not having fun in the band, then what the fuck are yeah, you even don't, doing? Don't play in the band, right? Right. Yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's hear the next one. This one is a back-to-back 30-second call, so let's just listen to them both. Yeah, so, okay. So I'm just going to say right up top, mm-hmm. yes, you are correct. With the second call, with the follow-up call. Because this is uh, Quentin. Uh-huh. Yes, correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right? All right. Yo, guys, Quentin. I fucking had to call in because hey, it was killing me. Uh, the last Patreon episode, when you guys were doing the Boston retrospective for Jerry's team, and the last song you played off Kill 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 was My Machine Gun. Maybe you guys realized this before I uh, ended, but it's off the first record. The song's off the first fucking record. Uh, why you guys didn't uh, get that one? Shit, I just said fucking uh, okay. All right. Hey, sorry to leave two messages, but uh, I just want to clarify my last message because it might have been a little incoherent. But uh, what I was trying to say was my machine gun that you guys listened to the uh, Patreon episode for Jerry's Seeds was a remake or reprise or the fuck they call it of My Machine Gun off This Is My World which is like one of my favorite songs on This Is My World but anyways it doesn't matter just want to clarify good job either way I did but agreed Agreed. Yes. So that was that was indeed a reimagining of my machine gun off of Is This My World, which is a banger of a track. Um but I will point out it is it is a reimagining. It's not a one-to-one remake of the original song. The production style, uh, et cetera, is definitely more in line with uh, Kill, Kill, Kill era, Jerry's Kids, but the OG track is uh, is an absolute fucking ripper. Also, I should note, I believe that is Quentin from Reek Minds, who is an incredibly good band that uh, everybody in the sound of my voice should already know, but if you don't, they put out a 7-inch on 11 p.m., I think, last year, and I think they're working on new stuff, so go listen to that band. They're really fucking good. Okay, so the the one that we were actually about to play is from Kawi, um, and it was like a plug for a bunch of shows that have now already happened. I think the only one that hasn't happened yet is on... One that's happening tonight. Oh, it's the one that's happening literally as we are recording this. So, yeah, never mind. So all these shows already happened. Kawi, I'm sorry. You know, fucking technical failures. We would have gotten this out into the world you know, before, but we were unable to, but... We still encourage you to continue to do this, even though this failed this last week. Usually, it'll it'll be very successful. Usually, usually. Sup? Uh, I'm a little bit fucking pissed off right now because I just canceled my fourth band practice in a row. So uh, if you're in the Cincinnati area and you want to fucking form a band, uh, message me at eight five nine 
816-706-7042. Fuck you, Greg. Fuck you, Nate. Bye. So this is what we were talking about earlier, right? This is this is this is perfect. This is like really this is the epitome of the demolition classified ads. Like also I will say I was going to point it out earlier, but I love when just it's purely coincidental synchronicity occurs. Like we got back-to-back calls talking about drink, right? Mm-hmm. We got one person from Cincinnati Cincinnati wanting to start a band and at the end of the call, the, the call segment, call-in segment, we got another person from Cincinnati wanting to start a band. It's a beautiful thing. Uh message this person. Didn't drop their name. But Alex, maybe you guys both like 86 mentality and fucking concrete elite and uh, oi influenced hardcore, and you'll start the next ripping ass band out of Cincy. Um, that's uh, that's all the calls for this week. We do have a couple text messages. Um, one person says that AJ is the high pitch Eric of demo listen. That is all. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Howard Stern and the Whack Pack and whatnot, yeah, that that might be a pretty apt comparison. Um, and then somebody else sent in an image of uh, Chicago Fest 2005, which uh, we talked about a little bit. You and Adam discussed attending right. on the episode that he was on. Yep. The fucking the lineup is insane, and it's such an incredible cross section of like dope shit. You talk about like a mixed genre bill. This is there's like crusty stuff on here. There's like Havoc Records kind of shit on here, but the, also 86 Mentality is on this. Um, like you have straight up just super, super good hardcore punk of the era too. Um, on, I think shark attack was on this too, I mm-hmm. think. Right. Um, yeah, just a fucking wild fest. One that I wish I were not 15 when it happened. So did you scroll up and see the text with it? Uh, I don't believe that I did. Oh, okay. Oh, it's John. Okay, yeah. cool. Dirty John, uh, John, the hippie. Um, so he said, sup dudes. It's Jonathan from Bloomington. Stoked to hear Metal Adam on the show. That's Adam Walker, who was on the last episode of the show. Anyway, I happened to roll up to that Chicago Fest you guys were talking about. I'm pretty sure I even rode in the car with Nate. I actually was cleaning out some old boxes a few months ago and found this. Figured I'd send it over, and yes, Weekend Nachos ruled. And that was an early, early Weekend Nachos show, too, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was fun. I remember that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, John is the man. He does the uh, he does the official uh, Razor Cake uh, zine podcast. I forget what it's called. We've plugged it on the show before. The official Razor Cake zine podcast. My fucking fish. My starring my, Jonathan. My brain is just a fucking fish tank. Yeah. Um. So there you go. That concludes the call in section. Um. If you want to call into the show or send us a text message, it's two six zero two 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 eight three four one. If you're gonna call in, just keep it a minute and a half or under. Try to keep it relevant and not rambling, which I know is ironic coming from me, who rambles for an hour and a half every week on this show. Um, if you want to send in music, it's demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure that the release is a year or less old. And if you want to become a patron, it's patreon.com slash demolistenpodcast. Uh, five bucks and up gets you access to all of the extra content we put out. Ten dollars and up gets you access to all that, plus all of the physical releases that we have coming out. Um, we've got the Kong Kong tape at press should be in hand within the next couple of weeks and then it'll ship out all, to all the patrons and uh, I will plug the link to order it whenever it goes up and put it in the show notes. Um, we got the uh, soothing tape in the works, which I think is going to be just like a collected discography along with some new tracks. Um, so thanks to all the Patreon, to all the Patreon subscribers. Thanks to everybody who will subscribe to Patreon after this, because I'm sure there's a fucking ton of you, a glut of you are just going to rush, rush to fucking give us your money every month. And, uh, you know, rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about the show, all that good shit. Got no further thoughts. Nate, if you're good, we'll sign out. Yep, I'm good. See ya. All right, peace.